Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the Media tab. Thank you and God bless. We live in a world of facades and fronts. We look to our work to define us. We look to our families or our spouse to define us. We look at our talents to help define us. We look at a lot of different levels on how we look at defining us, and we forget that God has already defined us. But we're so caught up in what the world defines that we should be, that we never become who he intended us or created us to be. That's why this morning I want to share this, this study with you. It's probably more of a teaching than it is preaching and, and so I hope you will use your notes as we have given them to you to remember what's being spoken today. There's, there's a fascinating story, and you have it right there in the beginning of your, your study guide there, following the exodus of the children of Israel under Moses' leadership. They're on their way to the promised land. And as they are, are traveling along, as they're en route, Moses sends spies to examine the land uh, ahead of them. And, and so we have this, this story here in Numbers beginning in 13. If you'll read it along with me. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. They told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and its fruits. Nevertheless, love those words, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, No, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Chapter 14. So, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If, we, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us uh, to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. 
It's amazing. To me, this is an amazing story. I know I've preached on these verses before, but what I find interesting here is that the majority suddenly aborts the mission that God has given them. And in a, a few short verses, they go from a people that are in pursuit of a vision to a people who have lost their way and lost their focus. For from, from, from the moment God's plan is upon your life, there are going to be countless opportunities for you and me to miss out on the destiny that God has for your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God's got a destiny for you. <laughs> almost feel like, turn to your other neighbor and just say, you're a destiny child. <laughs> I don't know. But I want to give you your destiny this morning. I want to tell you what your destiny is. Are you ready for that? Here we go. Here's the, here it is. Your destiny is the life he wants you to live, the influence he wants you to have, and the assignments he wants you to complete. Please grab that. Please understand that. Don't let that slip you by. He, you have a life that he wants you to live, an influence that he wants you to have, and an assignment that he wants you to complete. But our problem is, you, you know, there, there are mistakes that it seems like we never want to recover from that cause us to miss our destiny. Now, I want to give you five of those right away. So the first one's going to be this one. Uh, as far as a mistake that we make in reference of missing our testimony is counting ourselves out. When you count yourself out, I don't know how many, how many people here remember an old movie classic that was, that was called, very simply, Chariots of Fire. Anybody remember that movie? Three of you? Oh, there's a few. Okay, thank you. There, there's a scene in there I've never forgotten. I've used it before, but it continues to run through my head. When, when the runner says to the coach, he says, I won't run unless I can win. And the coach looks at him and says, you can't win unless you run. You know, most of us end up saying things like, I want the best for my children. I want the best for my marriage. I want the best for our church, for this city. I want the best for our nation. But there's this word called adversity that comes along and discourages us from running a weight race that we could win. Let me, let me say this very quickly. God can't get you to your destiny without your participation. And you can't win the prize if you're not in the race. Hello, somebody. I believe that what God's trying to do, especially through a time like this, is to wake us up. To, to, to remind us of who we are in him. See, I think that a lot of people are like at a, at a sports event, like a football game or something, and they sit on the sidelines and they watch others perform. 
And, and, and as a result, they're sitting there in the stands watching the performance, and, and you're either hearing, yay, or boo, kind of thing going down. But it seldom occurs to people that they should be in the game. Number two, the mistake we make is thinking ourselves small. Thinking ourselves small. This, this is a huge statement. Because when you say you can't do it, you can't. And when you say you're weak, well, in my English, I mean, it corrected it for me, but I usually say you is. When you say you don't measure up to the challenge, friend, you won't. You won't. This is, this, I, I, when you say you can't do it, you can't. When you say you're weak, you are. You need to watch what comes out of your mouth. You need to watch what's raising up in your heart. There are many people in an aversified state where they've, they've, they've had something impact them or, or come at them. And I'm not saying this lightly. It can be devastating, life-altering and changing. But, but friend, what ends up happening is, is we allow that adversity to put us in a place where, where very, very simply all that we're doing at that point is, is counting ourselves out, can't, can't go any further than this, can't do any more than that. We, we think of ourselves as small, unable to handle what's in the land before us, forgetting what God is saying instead. Philippians chapter 1 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a huge verse. That's something that needs to be not plastered on your forehead, but on the mirror that you keep looking in. Number three, it's called hanging. The mistake that we make is hanging out with the wrong people. Now, I'm not saying they're not good people. I'm just saying they're the wrong people. Hello? In our text, there were two different reports that day. One was the negative majority, and the other was the positive minority. Everyone who hung out with the group, the one group, missed their destiny, while everyone who hung out with the right group reached their destiny. Listen, just because you started out together doesn't mean you're supposed to stay together. I'm a firm believer that God puts the right people around you at the right time in order for the right thing to take place. But it comes back to our choices. I mean, even Abraham had to leave his country to keep from missing his destiny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm filing through these. Number, number four, the mistake we make is, is holding on to the old. Holding on to the old. Now, Kathy, I'm not talking about you hanging on to me, okay? <laughs> but, I, you know, I can see God with the Israelites. There he sits, shaking his head, and he says, I can take people out of Egypt, but I can't take Egypt out of the people. Hello? Huh. 
Look, two things. God won't make you think big if you're determined to think small. And God won't force a better way of, of life on you if you're determined to hang on to the way it's always been. Ouch. I'm just getting shouted down today. Thank you very much. But God won't make you think big if you're determined to think small. And he's not going to force a better way of life on you. Hello? Well, why doesn't God do this? Well, why doesn't... well, because you won't let him do this or do that. You're determined to hang on to the way it's always been. Look, you want to have a new and better life, enough to let go of the old one. Hello? To, to journey forward in faith and not give up until you reach your promised land. Look, hear this. I, I, don't, I, I, didn't, I didn't write it down in your notes, but I think it's something you ought to scribble on at least your, your, your neighbor's arm or something. Destiny is confirmed or canceled by the words of your mouth. I hope you heard that. Destiny is confirmed or it's canceled by the words of your mouth. You speak it. People don't speak it for you. I can't think of the guy's name, but my parents loved this comedian. They used to watch him constantly. Oh, I know what it was. Remember? His name was Flip Wilson. What was this saying? The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. No. Remember in, in Numbers 14, it says, So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. In this desert, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who, has counted in, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Now, uh, did, did God do this to them, or did they do it to themselves? That's the kicker. It, it, isn't God doing it to us? It's us doing it to ourselves, and God's a God of his word, whether we like that or not. So let me just say this again and, and repeat this to, to you. First of all, your destiny is the life he wants you to live, the influence he wants you to have, and the assignment he wants you to complete. And let me give you an, uh, just a real quick uh, reminder about this assignment, okay? And that is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This isn't about you. This is about how he enables you. And the steps that are taken are ordered by him. So, uh, again, those five things. One, 
Count yourself out. Those, the, the mistakes that cause us to miss out on our destiny. When you count yourself out, when you think yourself small, when you hang out with the wrong people, when you hold on to the old, and when you complain instead of conquer. I don't think I gave you that one, did I? No, well, let me just say it again. Number five is complain instead of conquer. Don't complain to me that I didn't give it to you. I'm giving it to you, okay? That's why I say destiny is confirmed or canceled by the words of your mouth. So, in that being said, let me, let me forward to another verse of Scripture now in, in, in past Deuteronomy into Joshua, where, where Joshua, I, I want you to realize something here, that Joshua, first of all, lived and he died in, a, in, in the place of destiny. In, in Joshua 24 and verse 29, it says, After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his... Hello. And then, and, and then in Joshua 14, going back a little ways, about Caleb, he arrives in his place of destiny. Then Joshua blessed Caleb son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the, the Kenizzite, ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. He arrived in his destiny. And then again, don't, 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 don't discount Numbers 13 there where we just read that through chapter 14, because what you have is Caleb and Joshua, and then you have the spies who return from their mission, and the lines are drawn between the cans and the cannots. The cans and the cannots. So, so, we, so, so I've given you the mistakes that will cause you to miss. Now, let me, let me go over some things on how to stay true to your destiny. I don't want to just give you the one. Let me give you the other one too, which is how to stay true to your Number one, realize everybody's not going where you're going. You know what I'm talking about, guys, don't you? You're out with your wife. I'm going to get in trouble for this. So, And you say what? Where would you like to go eat? And what does she say? I don't care anywhere you want to go. Oh, okay, how about we go here? No, I don't want to go there. Well, then where do you want to go? Oh, anywhere you want. Everybody's not going where you're going, isn't that true? It even gets worse when you try to decide what to watch on TV. Oh, give me strength, Lord. Anyways, um... This is an example I've used many times. Let me just use it again for you because to me it makes sense. You're, you're going down Interstate 76 and you're traveling with those who are going the same direction, right? They're, they're, you know, they're going the same direction that I'm going. But it doesn't take, you know, a rocket scientist to, to realize everyone's not going where I'm going. You know, I've, I've thought that before, you know, there's this big line of cars and I'm trying to get to some place in time or get in line or whatever, and I think all these people are going the same way I'm going, and not a one of them, not a one of them, 
Some are headed in a completely opposite direction on the other side. They're going this way while I'm going that way. And and others that will travel alongside of us will go with us for a while, but then they get off and exits. And we're just traveling on because they're not going where we're going. In in the Bible, remember you have the, the, the tearing of the garments, how they would reach in and tear those garments apart as, as if they were saying, I'm parting company with you. Understand and make no mistake about Joshua and Caleb. They, they, they knew that part of, of, of going for your destiny meant deciding to go no matter what others do. Please grab that. Please understand that. It, it, it sometimes means going no matter what others do. Sometimes you travel that road alone, but you travel that road. Look, it is important to realize you can't go for anyone. They can only go for themselves. Hello? I wish there was about 20 people here that I know of that would hear that statement, and I hope they do. But friend, I'm going to tell you right now, it's important to realize you can't go for anyone. They can only go for themselves. As much as you might want them to be that, that traveling partner of yours, if, if they lack the inner combustion, nothing you can say or do is going to get them there. So realize everyone's not going where you're going. And, and, and don't try to talk them into it. Don't try to compromise what you know is is destiny for you because of where they're wanting to go instead of where you're going. The second one in how to stay true to that destiny of yours is to believe you can. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, believe you can. That's kind of scary. Look, remember Caleb... He he quiets the people and he said what? We are well able. They're giants. They're stronger than us. We're grasshoppers. No, 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 no. We are well able. And Caleb held on to that belief through thick and thin for the next 42 years. He'll, he, he, oh, man, this guy is going to be over 80 when he goes in and takes the destiny. 80. Some of you going, well, I'm not 80. No, you're not. But if you haven't completed, you're still going to, com- look, mm-mm. The word, the word God said to, jo- to Joshua, <laughs> Excuse me, just a minute, please. <laughs> the word that God said to Joshua was what? Do you remember it? Be strong. And what? Courageous. Okay. It's not what I have in my notes, so you're wrong. No, same thing. Be strong and a good courage. What's it basically saying? It's saying don't let anything change the idea that you can live your destiny. Don't let anything 
change the idea that you can do what God's created you to do, not in and of your own strength and ability, but what he continues to enable, the plan that he unfolds, even if it looks wrong to you and at, at the time that you're, you're standing there looking at because this, this adversity happens, that situation, this crisis, that problem. Don't let anything change your view, your understanding, your idea that you can live your destiny. Well, Pastor, you don't know the mistakes I made. And it's probably a good thing I don't. But you don't know the mistakes I've made. But I want to stand here alongside of, of Caleb and Joshua and tell you, don't let anything change the idea that you can live your destiny. I don't care what is in your past. It's not in your future. So let me, let me just go ahead and transition into the third one here, and that is live from the view of destiny. Live from the view of destiny. I, I mean, I, have you ever had a glimpse of what destiny can be for you? I, I mean, seriously. Well, whether it's, I don't care what the scenario is, whether it's at work, whether it's with your kids or family, or what, no, no matter where it's at, you, you've had a glimpse. Most of us have. So, so listen to me very carefully. If, don't confuse where you are with where you're going. I don't care who you are, how tall or short you are, how young or how old you are, how skinny or how not so skinny you are. Amen, amen. Caleb said, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. What was he saying? Listen, he's saying, that's not where I am, but that's where I'm going. Don't confuse where you are with where you're going. That's not where I am, but that's where I'm going. Amen? Number four. You like going through these real fast? And, and, and let me just, let me, let me just uh, again, reiterate and, and as far as staying true to your destiny. Run from nothing, but run towards something. Look, out of the four million, three to four million people who left Egypt, only a handful were running towards something. Everyone else was running from Egypt's slavery to poverty only to arrive in a wilderness without any future motivation to keep running. Just because you escaped today's condition doesn't guarantee that you will arrive in a better place tomorrow, friend. Okay? This is huge when I... When, when I share this with you. you. You can leave a neighborhood. You can leave a job. You can leave a relationship. You can leave a church and be in no better place six months from now. Hello? Uh, 
you, you can know why you left, but you need to know why you're still running. Or you will leave bad conditions only to <laughs> run in circles and never arrive in the land of your destiny. That's why I believe God's saying to some of us this morning, you've run around this mountain long enough. You've circled this mountain long enough. It's, it's time to break from where you've been running around in circles into the destiny he has promised for your land. You know, I often ask, you know, okay, let's, let's deflect from you. Do you know somebody who's stuck in a wilderness experience? No, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> Habit, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but just with a gleam in your eye, do you know somebody who's stuck in a wilderness experience? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to get past this one. But, but so, someone, here's the thing. Someone going through the same stuff that they have been going through for years stuck in wilderness. That's what it looks like when you run from something, but you don't have anything to run to. You keep going through the same stuff that you've been going through for years. But you're still running, but you don't have something to run to. Hello. Number five is to live a purpose-fueled life. Look, purpose is the fuel that keeps your, you going on destiny's highway. When people run out of purpose, you're going to see them just basically sitting alongside of the road wherever they ran out at. And, and, and a lot of them, honestly, don't realize that purpose doesn't end when your children are grown, when your spouse passes away, or you finally get the job that you've wanted. Those are just times to, to, to refuel, to go to the next chapter, as we've said, and to keep living a purpose-driven life. Joshua and Jacob got up every day and said, what do we conquer next? Every morning they would get up and they would say to themselves, what is it that we're going to conquer next? And when they crossed the border into their new land, that wasn't the end of their destiny. When they conquered one challenge, they moved to the next. Fully occupying, fully maximizing new territory. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God's got purpose for you. Uh Oh, yes, he does. This glass has a purpose. Y'all thirsty now? It's to hold water. But how many knows that when the water's gone, the glass still has purpose? 
to continue to contain and contain. You still have purpose. God, you know what? There are a lot of, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm about ready to go rogue. How long do I have to go rogue? An hour and a half. I would say that the majority of believers said in a very frustrated place, never feeling fulfillment in their lives because they're unable to be whom God created in their own mind. You go to work every day and your work doesn't utilize your talents, your strengths, your abilities. You just do your job. And you maybe get to use about 35% of what you've been blessed with in talents. And so you find yourself on the job and, and you get frustrated and you get upset and you get depressed and there's no meaning here and you look for ways of escape. You do different things. My friend, <laughs> I'm not telling you to quit your job, am I? Please, somebody say amen to that. I'm saying there needs to be places where we're able to realize that God has placed us in order to realize our destiny. Guess what? Even in this house, God wants to use you, your your talents, in your neighborhood, in your family. It's not just a... But but see, we, we focus in on areas and we get so beaten down. You know what happens many times is is that we reach a place where we just feel we aren't who we are. We try to be somebody else, and we try to put on so many different covers and facades and pictures, and, 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 and life is boring. There's nothing to do, and everything stinks, and there's nothing here. So we try to create messes is what we end up doing. We miss out on what our purpose and destiny is all about when it comes to God. Let me, let me, let me do me a favor and, and take it back if you can. Scroll it back to what that destiny is. Those three areas that I want to, to if I could just burn in you to, to remind you that what God has in store for you, friend, what God is saying to you is, is first of all, live life. He has a life that he wants you to live. And you've got a picture in your head of what that life is all about. And I don't, I don't like that life. I don't want that life. That life is less churchy stuff. I, and you use other people to create the idea and picture in your mind. No. How, how can I put this? God's called you to be you, not somebody else. The biggest traps I've ever fallen in is measuring myself up against other people. Remember the story I told you about being on vacation and, and, and the Sunday before uh, I'd left, did a message on, on baggage. Man, I'll tell you what, I loved that message. It was good, went over huge. You know, it was great and, 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 and what have you. Then that Sunday, we got down there late Saturday. So, so that Sunday morning, I... I went to the television to watch my church, and, and I was watching T.D. Jakes, because I figure he's a lot like me, and uh, yeah, guess what? 
he was doing the exact same message I taught. And I'm thinking to myself, how dare he steal my message? And then I, I watched him as, as, and listened, and he came up with all these different illustrations. He's got suitcases strapped to him. He's doing all this stuff walking around. And, and you know, his sweat's coming down all over the place. And he just, and the people are standing up going, Aah! and all this stuff. And I went, man, my message really stunk. As I listened to him, I'm going, man. I might as well just fold it up and pack it in because. And I'll never forget what God spoke to me in that front room that Sunday morning. I, I, I can't. This is one of the main reasons for a message like this. You know what he said to me? He said, I didn't call you to be a T.D. Jakes. I called you to be a Gary Beck. And I broke right there because, you know, we try to be something. We try to be somebody. We try to please people. We try to make things happen. We, we get this idea in our head about what life is supposed to be and how money defines us or life defines us or makeup defines us or, or hair. I'm going to get in more trouble, aren't I? But, but we imagine all these different things, you know, the house we have, the car we have, the food we eat, the things that we do. Yeah, we, we look to all these things as defining us. And the truth is, they don't define us. He defines us. So when it comes to living life as he wants you to live, friend, that's your destiny. That's your, he wants you to live. And let me tell you something. That's not a, that's not, I don't want to live that kind of life. No, I got news for you. The life he wants you to have. Is phenomenal. You will never be more satisfied, never be more at peace, never be in a place where you're prospering and being blessed than when you're living the life he wants you to live and, and the influence he wants you to have. That'll never happen while you're letting everything else influence you. Sorry. But some of us have been sitting here this morning with so many other influences on us. You know what those create a lot of times is fears as well. Depression. Anxiety. But we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. How do you influence somebody else? By being truthful to yourself. And what they do with it is their, their, their choice, but you become the influencer. I learned a long time ago, if, if you're looking for, to get something done, look for influencers. And that last one, the assignments that he wants you to complete. If I'm not asking you to raise your hand. But I wonder how many here feel they're too old to have anything that needs to be completed. You don't have the health that you need for things to be completed. The, 
<laughs> passion that's needed to see things completed. If you want to continue to believe the lie of the enemy, I can't stop you. But I can tell you right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. As long as you steam up a mirror, as long as there is breath in you, God has something for you to complete. This is not a time to give up and to believe a report. So that we cry, oh, that is over, it's done, and none we can even, why didn't we just die in Egypt or get, we need a new leader, that's what we need. No, as we said before, we just need a check up from the neck up. Whose report will we believe? I want to stand with Joshua when he said, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us this morning, and thank you for leading and guiding us. And now I just pray for each person in this place, each and every person who's gathered in this place this morning. And I just pray that you yourself, as you speak to them, would complete that which you have already begun. Lord, I pray eyes of understanding be opened. I pray that the scales on eyes fall from them this day. I pray that the captive is set free from the lies that have overcome them. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Holy Spirit, in this place this morning, I pray those walls come down I pray that in the name of Jesus, those barriers be broken down and that a life that was, was created to be is free to become what you've purposed it to be because it is you that worketh in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. Lord, let there be completions this morning. Let there be renewal this morning. <coughs> let there be restoring this morning. Let there be that breakthrough as I prayed already this morning. God, let there be a stirring up of the gift that's within them this morning. God, anointing them this morning, taking them to that promised land, leading and guiding them through... Holy Spirit, may their spirit bear witness this morning 
Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, possibly you're here this morning, and the truth is, you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. In this place here this morning, you know your life's not right for whatever reason, whatever purpose. Maybe you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you did it one time, and for whatever reason, you've walked from that. It doesn't really matter. What matters is you're here right now with what God is saying, what God is reaching in, what God is moving in you in. And the choice to that is yes or no. He doesn't make you. You're not a robot. But for God to do what only God can do, there needs to be a permission given. There needs to be a yes spoken within our spirit. When we make the choice, God makes the change. If you're here this morning and that you, that's you, you're, you're hard in your life. You're not only being challenged this morning, you know that you can't live this life the way it's been lived. And so this morning in this place, you're responding back to him with a yes. And if that's you this morning, all I'm asking, all I'm asking is for you to slip up a hand right where you're at because I want to pray with you this morning in that choice that you're making. If that's you this morning and you're saying yes, yes to him, yes to life in Christ, would you just write what you said? Would you just simply slip up that hand? I just want to pray with you this morning. I want to believe God with you this morning. Because you have a promised land you're getting ready to move into. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God's got more for you. More than you settled for. More than the enemies tricked you out of. More than, than, than what's limited your life. Do me a favor. It's not for, how do I want to say this? We judge ourselves. And then we end up judging others. We're not to judge. And whether we're loved, accepted, is not up to us or what we do. But it's because of who he is and what he's done. This morning, he's not finished with you yet. He's not even close. There's a life that he wants you to live and that, that's not being lived. It's being, how even kill can we keep it? But not only that, he wants to use you in your life, in the lives of others. And he wants you to complete 
what he's purposed you to complete. And I'm near 80 years old. It's okay, Caleb. You can still be on fire and ready to do what you know God's promised to do in your life. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Don't miss what God has purposed. So as the worship team gets ready to play this song, I want to invite you to find a place of destiny. To find a place where there's this glorious alignment. Lord, I thank you again for your word, for your presence. Lord, let your hand be upon them, encouraging and strengthening them. And let fire fall on sacrifice this morning in Jesus' name. Let's find that place of prayer, shall we? Let's, let's find that place around these holders where God works when only he can work. Not only that, but that commitment, that reality in him, in the name of Jesus. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy. All together wonderful to me. all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above, humbly you came to the earth you created, awful of sake became Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, and all together wonderful to I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Never know how much it costs to see my.
my sin upon that cross I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross and I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, and altogether wonderful to me.